episode this is it's been a minute since i've recorded by the way hi guys uh ep- episode something uh, i'm here with jack jack on the mic again what's up uh bro it's been a minute since we recorded yes but i want to talk about one thing in particular first and foremost shout out to the sponsor Prem deluxe if you haven't gotten these shirts yet i'm telling you these are the best shirts, best clothing, best whatever, socks, shorts, anything that you can think of. And there's more to come on the way. Pause. Um, but we have a lot on the horizon. Uh, yeah. Outside of that. Also, very. I think I posted on my Instagram the other day with um, Marissa, Lisa, ex-wife thing. Yeah. And she wore a shirt when she wasn't pregnant and then wore another shirt while she was 10 months pregnant same size shirt and everything and it fit the exa- it fit perfectly well there's a reason her name is mf tiny yeah right? well she but it's like if i show you the video because she sent me the video actually who's okay i don't care uh also by the way it's episode 61 61 six thanks this, this why well this ain't why you're around but yeah look <laughs> this is a picture of her 10 months pregnant Wearing that take it and run shirt. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Love that. Love that. So as you can see, the shirts for you voluptuous women, you know, it could fit whatever you need, all your needs. Um, episode 61. I'm not going to think of an athlete that wears 61 because there's probably some hockey player like Conor McGregor. Conor McDavid. That's his name. I, was say, I don't think UFC fighters wear numbers. Well, I just found out, like, referees for – um football and basketball they're assigned like they're called by their numbers and not their name so you see like referee they'll be like yo 67 because they got that's what 67 is on the back of their number um it's like they referee jersey number how about that which makes sense because a lot of these referees be playing in the games too yeah it's all rigged they they are the mvps at times they are the MVPs. yeah i'm looking i'm looking it up there's not a whole lot of i mean jim marshall i don't even know who jim marshall is this is all like a seventies and from where early. Marshall, like he was with the Vikings, based on this picture. I don't know who that is. Maybe hey, I must be uneducated. But first and foremost, Jack, we got to start this podcast off right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already three minutes into the podcast. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling real good. It's good to be outside. Good to be back on the pod. Always happy to be around. Yeah. For those that don't know, Jack is going through a recovery process and not an alcoholic recovery process. I just want to shoot those down yeah, immediately. I work in the business world. Uh, but, Jack, you want to talk about it? Yeah. You know, I thought that I was calling myself getting ahead of the 
the crowd of starting a new year and having new year resolutions. So about December, I was wanting to get more active, wanting to get out there on the field just to keep myself in shape. And I ended up tearing my Achilles. Yes. And I've never injured myself to this level before. But when it did happen, I was like, this is not good. This is new and not in a good way. When I, when I tell y'all, and I don't think I've told Jack the story because I was there when it happened. And I knew exactly what the injury was the moment it happened. But I was going to downplay the mess out of it. <laughs> he, he literally, like, stepped and he was like, yo, I feel like there's something under my heel. And at that moment, I'm like, that's an Achilles. But yeah. word for word, I was like, nah, bro, just, you know, t- tighten your cleats up. Take a break. You'll be fine. Can you drive home? <laughs> and I did. I did drive home. And guess what? On the drive home, I hit up my father-in-law, who recently tore his Achilles. Oh, and I let him know the situation. And, and guess what? He did the exact same thing. He, he, he just gaslit me like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Maybe he'll be fine. First and of then all, when I'm, I approached him afterwards, he was like, oh, no, yeah, I knew for sure you tore your Achilles. But I just didn't want to be the one to tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm an A-list, A-list gaslighter as well. Uh, that's for fact. Mm-hmm. But man, when that happened, I, I felt so bad because it was like, we was out here trying to get you in shape, cuz, and I mean, it didn't work. <laughs> no, yeah, it was very counterproductive. I, instead of being able to be active and run and lose weight, I was, I was couch bound because I couldn't even walk for a certain amount of time, about a month and some change. I couldn't even really walk like that. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm recovering now. It's been about five plus months. I'm able ah, to he, do a light hit, trot. Hey, when he hits that six months, you know what that means. He back on the field. Oh, for sure. I'm going to try to get active again with, with proper stretching, of course. Oh, yeah, you got to. But, I mean, it, it's kind of weird because so many people around me have been getting, like, major, major injuries. And I'm not sure if it's... If it's age or it's just like, you know, matter of circumstance, because I have people like you're the second person I know with an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. I've had three people with ACL injuries, mm-hmm. one with a torn patella. Tent. It's just like, yo, these are serious. Like these are sports injuries. These yes. are Kenyon Martin. I'm not coming back from this type of injuries. Yeah. These, so, these like, are some career ending injuries. Yeah, but I mean, we different. We different. Of course. But it happens. Um, Me, on the other hand, this is the first podcast. I'm recording at the new spot, you know, has to move a little bit. Applause for myself. But um, other than that, everything's been everything. Mm -hmm. New job, which I love because now I could talk crazy on my sports takes. Because before (laughs) working for ESPN, I couldn't talk as crazy as I wanted to be. There used to have to be a disclaimer. I had a job. Now I'm going to talk crazy. I'm going to talk about Brittany Griner. I'm going to talk how I feel about that. Because, first of all, the fact that her nickname isn't Brittany the Russian prisoner Griner is an abomination. Somebody got to, she got to trademark that tonight. Yeah, she could definitely make some profit off of that. Because that, that would be perfect. Speaking of that, all right, I have an idea. Oh, boy. If we're going to stick on the sports real, real quick. You've seen the Philadelphia Eagles. We have a lot of, I say we, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of Georgia Bulldogs that they got drafted. They, yeah, this is right? currently the Georgia Eagles as far as people are concerned. Or what Nolan Smith said, 
the Philly dogs. Philly dogs. The moment he said Philly dogs, I was like, I have an idea. So let's let's create the Philly dog. Perfect sandwich. All right. Okay. It's a perfect sandwich. So we're talking. No, no, no. Let me tell you about my Philly dog sandwich. So first, you got you got a Georgia hot, right? Because that's you know the Georgia part of it. And I'm going to say this. Okay, so you did a lot of thinking on I this. I did a lot of thinking on this. Over and taps for what I'm about to say. Oh, boy. You got to bust that Georgia dog right open. Right down the middle. You know how you be having to slice hot dogs, right? Uh, no, yeah. I, I understand yeah, the concept. Yes. Yeah, so you got to do that. And then with the fillings, you got to have add some shaved steak. Of course. Some cheese. Now, you got the cheese steak with the Georgia hot. Question. Yeah. Are we talking a melted provolone or are we talking cheese whiz? Oh, we're talking cheese whiz. Okay. This this All is right. a real like you selling it at the length. This authentic. All right. Okay. But instead of having a bun, you're gonna lay it on a bed of cornbread to get. Yes, that's more Georgia for you. Or or bear with me. Instead of the cornbread, you're gonna have it in the regular hoagie, mm-hmm. regular hoagie type John. But now you gotta have like. Some Georgia toppings. Maybe you get like a little sweetness, sweet, spicy peach barbecue. Or even like a spicy peach marmalade, something like that. Something like that. You know, they got bacon, onion jam. You can make something with peach. And you could could add or not add. I'm not sure because some people aren't coleslaw people. But it might give you a little like a texture, a little crunch. Yeah. So you got the Georgia like backyard barbecue vibes with the Philly cheesesteak. Like... that's a Philly dog right there. I'm selling that for 15 a pop. For those who don't have the video of this interaction, I have the face as if I've just heard a mean bar said right now. That that sounds like a very good idea. It, it's money. You I, can only probably have about five of those in your life in before your life, you die. Dude, but you you are onto something here. That's just like, I'm not sure what people know, but the Atlanta uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Has a Chick-fil-A inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta Falcons play on Sundays. Therefore, that. that Chick-fil-A is technically really open only to concerts or once a season for the Atlanta Falcons, which is whenever they have, you know, a Thursday or a Monday night game because uh-huh. by, you know, NFL rules, you're supposed to have a home game that's not on a Sunday. Of course. Uh, let me look up the Chick-fil-A sandwich at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But they got that extra. Oh yeah, Mercedes Benz Stadium, Chick Fil A, Mercedes Benz Stadium. First of all, the question is why. And it's closed on a Sunday, but they got a special sandwich. If I could find it, unless they took it out. Uh, damn. Hold on. Do 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 do. Sandwich. First of all, while I'm doing this, you guys need to watch. If you guys have YouTube, which, I mean, YouTube's free, look at the Tech in Motion podcast. My boy Gary, he has his whole YouTube channel, mm-hmm. talks about a lot of the changes in tech. Um, that's where Corey is right now because Corey's a traitor. Uh, Corey out here being <laughs> Rory Amal because I didn't pay him. <laughs> Whatever. Nah, but for real, look, out, look for that podcast. If you want to learn anything about tech, um, he's the guy. He'll teach you so much. Whether you want to or not, tech is definitely the future. And if 
if you have your best interest in mind, you probably want to get somewhat acclimated to it now. Yeah, because AI about to take over. And I'm not talking about Allen Iverson. This ain't the fourth quarter of a Sixers game. This fourth quarter of life right now. Although I love the the joints on Twitter. It was just like AI could potentially take over 300 why would he million do jobs. That? So it was like, why is AI doing this? Hey, Ice JJ Fish. <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't know. I'm sorry. We were watching Loiter Squad while we were recording. But, um, yeah. AI is AI is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why on the horizon. And um, a previous podcast we've talked about this before, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's gone to a whole nother level. I've seen AI pictures of like the Pope playing basketball, yeah. and they look real. And then you have all these um, artificial intelligence songs that people are like, "Yo, these are crazy." And I'm not sure if people have heard like Rihanna singing over some of Tim's songs. And I'm like, Dad, is Tim's only here because Rihanna was pregnant? Like, it's making me think. Like, these songs could have been written for Rihanna. Supply and demand. If you have a Caribbean-style artist that can provide you those vibes, but the one that you have in mind is not available, someone else has to step up. Yeah, but it, it's scary. And I've listened to the Joe Budden podcast, and I believe it was um, Ish who brought up a very important fact. It's just like, yo, this might be advantageous to a lot of artists and producers for the simple fact that yeah sorry for the break um but back to you know ai i think that i think that ai is going to be advantageous like i said talk listening to ish um on the joe button podcast singers and singers could literally just lay down one track and walk away and now you could use that voice mm-hmm you know, albums, I just listened to Jack Harlow's album, which was 12 songs for 25 minutes. There's not a lot that you need to do to release music anymore. Oh, so yeah. why would I put all this hard work in if y'all just, y'all gonna listen to whatever garbage I put out there now? I was, I'm not a fan of NBA Youngboy, but NBA Youngboy is taking advantage of the market. He's found a way to become famous through this market. I just don't like him as a person because he out here, like, talking about how Dirk Dirk, yo, push your album back because you're scared. Yeah. If anything, like, if anybody has a cult following as much as NBA Youngboy, it might be Lil Dirk. And I don't even like Lil Dirk like that. Yeah, and it certainly is growing over the years because I remember, you know, I remember the, the voice and things like that. Dirk didn't exactly have as, as large or as strong a following as he does now, but it seems like it's become very apparent. And you got these clashing different types of fan bases. You've got... And be a young boy who I think is very smart for making sure that he prioritizes that his followers listen to his stuff on YouTube because, of course, that's where that, that's they where get you the make highest the money. payout. Yeah. And then you got Dirk, who himself, he's making sure he does the right moves. He's been doing a lot of good, good things. And for the most part, he's been making sure that, one, he can make the money, but he's also even challenging that he's been, you know, what was it, ghost uh Shadow band. Oh, yeah. Because he feels that he should be even more profitable or even more popping than he is as of late. Um, It's just, I, I don't want to say I'm an old guy, but I think I've always thought my taste in music's always been older. Mm-hmm. Um, So when I see stuff like this, where it's just obviously like people make music for the money, not for the love of music anymore. I haven't seen an artist 
as of late where I'm like, yo, they're doing this because they love music. Yeah. Um, There's very little artistry that goes there. Because when you see an album where it's just like, you could tell this is our, I thought it's been a year since Mr. Morale dropped and people hated that album when it dropped. Mm -hmm. But it was just pure artistry. It was, it's what rap is supposed to be about. Um, People hate it for your eyes only by J. Cole, but that's what, we are telling a story. Um, so now I don't know the last time if I check my phone, I don't know the last time I've really downloaded an album by an artist that is like brand new. Um, going back, the latest brand new album that I downloaded, I, I'm not going to count uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, the deluxe version, because I I bought the original. Yeah, version. you're just trying to get more out of the. The same album. There's gonna be new songs. You want to hear that? The last song, the last rap album that I downloaded was "Heroes and Villains" by Metro Boomin, which is still a while ago. Mm-hmm. But, but it was like the last album album that I downloaded that, no matter what genre it was, was "SOS" um, by SZA. Okay. Which to this day, SZA's album, amazing, amazing sure. album. For sure. It might have been five songs too long, but after such a hiatus, I could see why. Yeah, you got to be able to provide something for the people when you know you're not going to be coming back with regular releases. Yes, which is part of the reason I'm kind of interested to see where R&B is going to go. Because R&B, I don't think, could take advantage of the market as much as rap. Um, Rap turns into pop at a certain point. Well, not pop as in the genre, but into popular music. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Lil Uzi Vert kind of was, you know, the headway for that where it's just like i'm not a rapper i'm an artist so i'm gonna you know do my art it's gonna sound different but this isn't your nas jay-z rap um yeah when nas and jay-z was dropping music they was dropping music based on what they knew they wanted to put out how they were feeling their life experience and things of that nature that they wanted to share with their fans in the world nowadays it's more how can I make a song that will hit on TikTok? Yeah. How can I make a song that people are going to want to hear when it's a Friday and they want to go out and do some stuff? It's more based off of events and situations than it is true the song and the material and the content. Yeah, and that's why, um, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've been on Twitter as much as I have, but have you seen the stuff going on with Janelle Monae? Yeah, let's just leave it there. But. I'm I'm interested because I'm very attuned to changes in artistry. Mm-hmm. Like, even with her. Her took off her shades and it's been super social lately. And I'm really interested to see where this is going to go with her artistry. Uh, the Weeknd said he's retiring The Weeknd. Yes. That's which I'm very interested in. Very interesting. And Jan- Janelle Monet is out here being, I guess, what's a good way to put it? More sexually out there instead of wearing tuxedos she's doing the things that people would think or would say how they feel chloe bailey is doing. yes and but i i love it for the fact like janelle monet could sing oh for sure super duper talented now and i was talking to Corey about this her nudity isn't to get a following because her following is going to be her following no matter what she isn't you know, shaking tail because she isn't talented. She's just doing it and she's going to release an album and her album's going to 
place where it places and she won't do anything after the fact. I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have other artists who I'm not going to mention by name, but it's just like, you know, they're overly sexual beforehand and then their album drops and it's still not successful. But you know what's going to sell? These yeeks. So it's just like, but you know what I'm saying? They're just, they're going to just keep shaking until something, something starts baking. Responsibly, I will have no comment on the topic. I, but I, you are more than allowed to to continue, but, my friend. But that is just my point of the, you know, change in, you know, music. I mean, even R&B with us growing up, we had the Alicia Keys, um, the Mary J. Blige, Keisha mm-hmm. Cole, Monica. Yes. R&B was about struggle. It was about having to deal with differences. It was about... Yeah. Usually infidelity, but, I, but it was about it was, it was about, about real infidel- stuff. Yes, it's know? like yo, like is cheating really like this? Like Confessions by Usher was a cheating album, but it might be one of the best three R and B albums of all time. Very much so, yes. So I mean, I can't really no skips, no skips whatsoever. But I can't really like I haven't heard an R and B album like that. Sis's album is the closest thing because it was about her getting over a breakup. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that album, you don't. Sometimes you want to break up with somebody just to feel something. Like let me feel something. Pause. But like, <laughs> I was listening to Snooze off the album. Great song. Listen great, to great Nobody song. Gets Me. Something about guitars and acoustics on albums. Yes, very much. It's so. hits different. So I I need more of that in music, but music's out here being a money grab. What's one R and B artist right now that you can name off the top of your head where you're like, man, if she, she he drops, like even Six Light dropped an album and it was uh. yeah that one very much went under the radar and I I love Six Light music. Yeah, I, Jesse Reyes dropped an album and I love Jesse Reyes, mm-hmm. but it was just like nah. I, I don't I don't see it. I've been out here listening to the same music over and over. The last like I've been listening to Jodeci lately. <laughs> Forever so Shanae. Like, yeah. Gotcha. Uh <laughs> I've been listening to Jodeci and Ghostface Killer a lot lately. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know what I'm going through. So very two different ends of the spectrum. I don't know what way. I'm going through. As the weather gets better, I start listening to um sadder music. I feel because I feel like yelling with my windows now. Okay. Like I I could I could do that. I also listen to a lot of Maroon Five when the weather gets better. I mean that's pop music and Maroon Five is pretty good. I get that. Yeah, but it's if y'all want to, <laughs> one song I've been having on repeat, and I guess it's just like the one popular song that I've listened to. It's Tomorrow too, man. Tomorrow too, Glorilla and Cardi B. I'm not aware of this song. I'm not. Oh my gosh, you're not hip. No, I'm not. Let me see, cause I have the single on here. Yes, I downloaded Tomorrow Too. Okay. Hey. Okay. Hold up, Corey calling me. I'm gonna pick up on. Hello. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, recording a pod with Jack. 
Jack hey, said, Corey. Yeah, Jack said, what's up? Hey, no problem. You over here chilling. All right, love you. Bye. Bye, Corey. He said you're going to swing by. All right. But, um, oh, yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. Uh, Someone just ate a worm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're playing skate, horse on a skateboard. It's always gotcha. fun. But, um, where was I? Yeah, Glorilla. Glorilla is one of Yo Gotti's, um, Oh yeah, I heard. Yeah, I hope we, I hope that they do well and that they have a a successful career because they they got some. Yo, got, got some Yo Gotti got some people in the in the tuck. Like, Wait, he, he's a businessman. He's a I real. Can, business I can tell man. he's a businessman. Yeah, he's a real businessman. Plus, Glorilla got got the energy. Yeah, where with the music comes on because we saw her at um at Dreamville Fest. Oh, yeah. me, in essence, did you go to Dreamville Fest? Yeah, we went the second day. You are a crackhead. You went to a festival? We went to the last three hours of a festival. Okay, I'm about to say <laughs> you wild you too old to be going to a festival. Oh bro. no, yeah. I know I know my age. I, I know how to act it. And so we got in there, we arrive, we hear Summer Walkers on okay, stage. Okay. All right. Let let's break this down. Okay. Did did you hear Summer Walker or did you see Summer Walker? We saw Summer Walker. Oh so. my gosh. Is she not the worst per, she has the worst stage presence yes. I have ever because we was watching it on they were streaming it on I think Amazon. Mm-hmm. She has the worst stage presence I've ever seen. Well, Michael, she does suffer from social anxiety. So being oh, okay, in front but you of know my argu- thousands but you, of people. But you want to know what my argument is. Yes, and I'm sure that it would also segue us into the whole Frank Ocean thing. Yes. Don't show up. I agree. If you know that you're not going... If there's a high probability that you're not going to be able to perform or even give a certain level of performance to a crowd, one that truly wants to see you perform because she can sing she she's really talented if you know that you have a crowd that truly wants to see you perform maybe you don't take that that contract and that money to perform in front of people when you know you might not be able to deliver the quality of performance they expect and somewhat deserve and and she's also coming off a postpart mind you she looked good for somebody who just had twins yes like very much so very very good but you're coming off postpartum yeah and your first real show is Dreamville Fest, where you know this is probably the biggest thing outside of Coachella and Rolling Loud is Dreamville Fest. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, like you are a great talented singer. I love Summer Walker's music because sometimes it's like borderline toxic, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But why are you just gonna have a big couch on the stage, sit down? They had to bring Six Like out. Yeah. Just. So- and I remember that it was really weird because like we were walking and we heard Summer Walker. She was announcing Six Lack was going to come on stage, and he came out. He performed like one or two songs, and it was just kind of like it was weird. It did feel like he was coming in to, to save give her. her a mental break yeah. from what's going on, so that she could recollect Which, I mean, herself. That's genius. Yes, that is genius because Six Lack and Summer Walker sing the exact same type of music. I would not have been surprised if Brent Fias came out. Dog, I I, I asked with Brent Fias music, so I I would have certainly Corey comes up. He hates Brent. Fias. He hence rate. Oh, that's he's blue. He's blue face with a voice. That is what Brent <laughs> Fias. He's mad off key, but he and that's okay. It's very clear that the quality of artist is not important. It's the music that you present. And it's a lot of times the beaten melody that carries. 
it, it is. And I mean, I, I'm not opposed to Brent Fias no. whatsoever. But yeah, Dream Fuel Fest. Summer Walker. And after Summer Walker, was it Burning Boy? Yes. After Summer Walker on the other stage on the other side of the field was Burning Boy. But because after Burning Boy, you have Drake and J. Cole, ain't not a single soul really leave that side of the field to go watch Burner Boy. Even though Burner Boy is hype. Yes. Burner Boy is international. So yeah. he's got that he's got that following. He's got music. He's got the vibes. And it's very clear to see why someone would go and listen to his music and be happy that he's there. Yeah. But when you have the performance right before the main act of the entire festival. You got you got, you got a hit. It's a yeah. Cause and when you look at the lineup, because I saw the lineup First of all, Summer Walker was in the worst possible space you could have for that lineup because it was Waka Flocka, Jid, then Summer Walker. I went from wanting to fight somebody to wanting to jump somebody to wanting to save somebody. And now I ain't ish. Like, how did did we get here? Like, yo, this is your fault. You put me here. So, I mean, I can't fully blame her, even though I've been told by multiple people. Her concerts are her sitting in a stool and singing. Yeah. But she could sing. She could sing. She could sing. In a, in a studio and the company of only two more people than her there and she's comfortable. I mean, I'm not going to say it on a podcast. It's something about her past that we all know about. Mm-hmm. But um, I get that. Yeah. I, and I feel you. If you can perform in that space and setting, you would think you can perform in this space and setting that would have more <laughs> dignity. It just reminds me of that episode of Atlanta when um, Aaron finally got money. And the girl was at the club. She's like, I feel sorry for her. She's just dancing, and it looks like it's her first night here. <laughs> and Paperboy's like, she's been doing the same thing for the past 10 years. Yeah. Like, she's she going to get through with it, but it is what it is. But um, I can imagine I, I lost a bet on that J. Cole. Con- I lost a 25 push-up bet because mm. I thought the first song he would come out to would be No Role Models. No, he worked that in later. This man did. Who that? I was like, you're gonna come out to the first song we've ever ever heard you on. I mean, it's only right. It's, it was perfect, yeah. and from what I saw, that concert looked great. Oh, dog, it was crazy. But it I also was... heard that Glorilla didn't show up to her original set. Yes. Okay. That was the case. Glorilla, I think, was supposed to be somewhere around that Waka Flocka, Jid, and Summer Walker area. So we had heard this from when we were finally getting our space to get ready for Drake and J Cole. And we had we had this nice suburban mom with her two children that she was supporting. She's just happy oh to see them that. listen to music. Wait, how old were these children? These children were at least sixteen. Okay, good. And I'm about to say, are these ass? No, is, we're, we're not talking. Is this Astro World type stuff? Where no, it's like I brought no. my four year old to Astro World. She was and now slightly more responsible than that. Okay. She's definitely let them play Call of Duty and GTA and stuff like that. They were like sixteen and maybe one. I think one was older to the point where like they were at least twenty. Or yeah. so, so right. you know, she's she's done right as far as I'm concerned, and so he tells us, "Oh yeah, Glorilla didn't come out and do their set." So then we get to the Drake and J Cole set. Now, of course, when I hear that Drake and J Cole are going to be performing a set, knowing that they have songs together, I have the impression that they might at least, at least, perform one of those songs together. Not a single one. Not and, a single verse. And I'll be honest, I kind of liked it for the simple fact because. Cole did his thing. Cole yes. did everything solo up yes. until Stick, which is great because you bring out all of Dreamville. Of course. And, that, awesome. and that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. This is Dreamville Fest, so it makes sense. And then Drake came out and first, I think his first one was Uzi. Yes. He first brought, he kept saying, like, 
hey man, you know, I haven't been out like, to. Hey, I got two more for y'all. Yeah, and he was talking about how the fact that he hasn't really been in North Carolina in a while, and he was saying, hey, you know, I got, I got that people. I need, I need the crowd to show me y'all want me here. Mm-hmm. And the crowd really wasn't doing as much as they should have been doing for you know, like Drake to be there. And I'm, it's not like dudes was too cool to like Drake. I heard people rapping his, his bars word for word. Even on the on the on the soft joints, yeah, and it's not like they were too proud. So I don't know what it is that made them not want to cheer, but they'll rap his songs word for word at the entire time. But then you know, first he starts off, he got a little Uzi Vert, he getting the crowd hype. He got his joint, everybody doing the the dance, you know, everybody yeah. feeling it. And then he's like, I right, I got some more people for y'all if y'all really want me here. And it kind of reminded me like he wanted validation, he, yes, compared to he, that Frank Ocean begging. situation. He was He's like, hey man, I just watch y'all. <laughs> it's like, guys, please just show me that y'all want me. <laughs> so he he was begging, and um. So then after Lil Uzi Vert, we had, uh, that's when I think Glorilla came out. Yes, and she performed, and I was hyped because Glorilla, yeah. Glorilla is the antithesis of Summer Walker. She could command a stage. Yes, she is all a four foot nine, mm-hmm. ninety two pounds, and she will run sideline to sideline. Yes, she is. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the name? The Leighton Vander Esch of a stage. She will go sideline to sideline, <laughs> and it's all hits head down. Yes, she she did a great job, even though she didn't have her full set that she was supposed to do earlier in the day. She came through. She was a trooper. She did a great yeah. job on stage. And and then he bought out Wayne. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Wayne is always going to be like, he's a top three rapper of all time. Dude. For sure. Easily. He, he looked healthy, but not healthy. And what I mean by that is like, he looked healthy like he's not on drugs anymore yeah. type healthy. But he looked like he got like diabetes type two because he looks super. I've never yeah, seen Wayne he that was skinny. Ridiculously skinny. I've never seen Wayne that skinny because all the little Wayne I know, he's like, he might be all of five foot six, but he is built. Yeah, and it was like, oh, this is a a bit different. And but he, what but, we know, he's he's clean. But he looks healthy. He looks like yeah. he, you know he he said he quit doing lean. He said all like he looks healthy from a fact of like if you've seen people on drugs he looks like he isn't like out of it yeah he just looks skinny and that might be a purposeful thing and more power to him but ever since you know the whole chadwick bozeman type thing yeah it it makes you always think twice you gotta worry you gotta worry that maybe we're about to lose a legend and they're just kind of giving us the performances of a lifetime at the end of their lifetime. Yeah. And I mean, Wayne's going on. I think he's on tour right now. He's doing a lot of smaller venues, but mm-hmm. I think Wayne enjoys smaller venues. Yeah. Because you like, like you said, sometimes it's hard to get a crowd that big hype hype. Yeah. If you have a smaller venue, everybody, every, you know, everybody is there because they want to be hype. Yeah. Um, Like. Plus, as opposed to him performing at a festival in which he was obviously not mentioned or yeah. expected. But when I mean, when I gonna have when I saw venue. Wayne, I was hyped. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 old school. Wayne Wayne came yeah, through. I was, Wayne, I was really hyped. Lil Wayne has been a part of some great moments in my life, especially growing up. Some great music, some bars, some songs that you know. As soon as you hear them turned on after. Silence of the last song and it comes out. You just really get the hyped. moment. The moment you hear that lighter flick and you're like, ah, yeah, oh, he's about to go crazy. Like he could have trademarked the lighter flick within the first three seconds of a song, crazy. just a break in the silence. Just yeah, 
he he he's one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're gonna stay on the topic of entertainers, I'll, I I kind of want to stay on, you know, entertainment slash fake news type thing. I'm mm. sure you follow the Jamie Foxx situation. Yes, and um, that has been an emotional roller coaster. It has been an emotional roller coaster. Um, for those who don't know, Jamie Foxx has been hop- hospitalized. Um, with something undisclosed to the public, yes. which is the way it should be. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, everybody loves Jamie Foxx. We all want him to be happy and healthy, but we also at the same time don't need to know exactly what he's going through. Celebrities don't really have the privilege of having privacy, and this, I feel, was a community effort in which we all respected that that was the case and were perfectly fine being in the dark, but just it, knowing that he's okay. But it's been... It's been a trend because we're so used to having the answer to everything. And it yeah. happened with the Andrew Wiggins situation when people were like, this is what's really happening with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Come to find out people were totally wrong. Yeah. They were throwing his entire family under the bus saying, like, she cheated. It's not his kid. Mm-hmm. Come to find out his grandfather was going through a health situation and he had to be with his family. And that's this. This why stuff is none of your business. Yeah, people got an entitlement with us having such access to everyone's lives these days. That if there's something going on in anybody's lives that we should know, especially if they're celebrities, and it's really there's no actual reason that we need to know what's going on in Andrew Wiggins' life. We don't we need don't, to know what's going on with Jamie Fox. Jamie yeah, Fox is an it, A-list it, star, but it, we don't need to know everything that's happening. He should have some privacy. But what I also hate is there is this thing going around like social media where they're like. Jamie Foxx got um, hospitalized while recording a movie. Mm. And instead of waiting for him to recover, they got a stunt double for some of his scenes, which means in life, you should never expect people to. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. You know what happens when people get. You know how much it costs to have development, to buy the space? They did the right thing. Yes, very much. Get the stunt double because. Guess what? That's what the stunt double is paid for, to be the double in case something happens. Yeah. So It's their job to be able to give off the presence of the person that is the face of the show or movie. So that way, when it comes to preservation of that person, they're less likely to be in harm's way and continue to do what they like, need to do when like, it goes to production. Let me blow some people's minds real quick. You know how you'll be seeing like nudity in movies with like A-list stars? Half the time, it's not really that star. Half the time, it is their body double because stars are like, you're not going to pay me enough money to show my naked rear end in a movie. So don't expect this. This isn't new. This is just the way that, you know, the world works. It's like also at the same time, you understand Matt Damon is not really Jason Bourne. This is all theatrics. This is all for show. The the Rock has a stunt double. Which is hilarious. (laughs) Yes, but the only person that we know for a fact never has a stunt double is Jackie Chan. And then Willem Dafoe and I think um, Tom Spider-Man. Cruise as well. Oh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise breaks his ankle like he's every two weeks. Though. He's different. Well, he's five two. He <laughs> he's able to jump through windows and stuff. Yeah, I remember. It's, I hard, saw, it's hard to have a five two stunt double. It is. It is. And it it was kind of crazy because I remember we, me and my wife, we saw one of the Mission Impossible movies, and there's like a scene where he's holding on to like a a jet or a. Yeah, he did that in real life. Off. He really did that. The, I Granted, saw that. He had to, of course, be strapped in and secure, but still, you have to still have the wind blow on your face. You still yeah. have to be holding on Have you life. seen Top Gun Maverick? I have not. Well, I saw it on the plane to Amsterdam, and um, like all of the like 10G flight scenes, he's really in the cockpit. Like, 
he almost faints. You could see it in his eyes mm. where it's like, yo, you're not supposed to deal with this type of force. But he really does it. And I like kudos to them. Kudos to actors that do stuff like that. Like For I sure. said, Jackie Chan, if you watch any movie Jackie Chan's in, 100% of the stunts is Jackie Chan. Oh, gee. But you could tell like. Chris Tucker doesn't do 100% of his stunts in Rush Hour. You no. can tell when they have, like, the fight scenes, yeah. they cut to his stunt double. Of course. Because there's a lot of times where his back is turned. It's like, that ain't Chris Tucker. And that's always usually the way you can tell. It's yeah. their back turn. It's a, it's a helmet. It's a very dark scene. For some reason, you can only see their neck down. Yeah. It's like, all right. So, but back, back to the topic. Um, with the Jamie Foxx situation. He, um, his daughter went on social media saying, yo, he's been out the hospital for a few weeks. Yeah. Like he played pickleball yesterday whilst media outlets were out here posting like, yo, the family is concerned expecting for his life, the, expecting, expecting the, worst. the worst. And then you look at the outlets that are releasing that and somebody on TikTok did a great deep dive. And it's something I do when I don't enjoy a show of black people. Mm-hmm. Find out who the writers are. So they did a deep dive into, um, the daily loud and say cheese and so it's wrong these are rap platforms run by a bunch of white people that don't really know much about rap but if you see their pages it's all african americans all black people all spanish people but it's the only way that they're able to get out news and get no i didn't know what daily loud was but people post to daily loud all the time and Mm. do this at the third um and it's something that i learned to do is always Always check your source. Like, of course. That's I'm supposed not, to be the thing yeah. you do when you're in that yeah, type like, of I, I'm I'm not sure work. who um who on this podcast watches the Bel Air show. Um the reboot. Yeah. It has its really good moments. But the one thing that's not good about the show is it's its writing. It's it's like power. Where the writing's really poor, but sometimes the acting saves a lot of the poor writing. The acting on this show is great. Yes. But there's times where it's like you could tell poor writing if there's unnecessary cursing. There's so much unnecessary cursing in this show where it's like you you could have filled this with other words. You could have done this. It's like MF this. What the F you do? I'm like, that was like it. It's not. It's it's like a poorly timed sex scene. It's not carrying anything with like the plot. Yeah. Sometimes they use swearing to try to feign passion. In the moment of the scene, but and it's, it's like it could have been portrayed differently, or even articulated it, better. It, than it's this. it's really over the top. Um, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched it: the entire first season, there's an underlying conflict about Will trying to uh, Will's father, mm-hmm. and at the season finale, they show who his father is. The dude who plays his father, have you seen it? Yes, I'm, I'm right. caught up. Marlon Wayne's playing his father was great. Yes, I loved it, it was. But there was so much unnecessary cursing in that scene coming from the uh, character of Will. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, Marlon Wayne's got act, act. Mm-hmm. You might see him in a lot of funny stuff, but Marlon Wayne's got act, act. And I, and I feel like he's been cursed with the typecast and because of playing the, the doofy role. And when he does take on these roles, some people might have might not have the ability to really see him in this light. Well, and I'd like to say hey. that I can at least see him in this light where he could do fun dramatic fact, roles. Fun fact, he was casted to play Batman. I remember that. He was supposed to be Robin, right? You know, he was supposed to be Batman. He was supposed to be Batman. Yep. They casted him. They filmed scenes with him as Batman. But um, 
It's something with the studio they didn't want a black Batman. Yeah, I think they were generating or producing like the action figures and they didn't test well or something yes, like that. Yes, they didn't test well, but he he was supposed to be Batman. Which is a shame because I thought the 90s was supposed to be like when they really really well, putting us out there. B- Billy D. Williams was supposed to be the one who played Two-Face, but they couldn't get anything right with the money, so he ended up playing uh the mayor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they uh no, he didn't want to be overshadowed because they casted Tommy Lee Jones as the mayor, so they just switched roles and had Tommy Lee Jones play Two Face. Mm, gotcha. So, so it, it was, you know, not saying that it was completely his fault, but stuff stuff like that just happens. But back to the topic, like the poor writing, just it it, it ruins a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it, I looked on who like writes the show. Yeah, like, you know, Benny Medina is still associated with the show just as he was with the original Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of white writers. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always, as much as I can stand Kenya Barris at sometimes, he does have a very diverse writer's room. Yeah. So you're able to get a lot of different, like, points of view on things. Yes, and that's needed. Yeah, but then you have, you know, shows like this where it's like, yeah, the movie Hardball. Written by white people. Uh, there's another movie. There, there's so many movies that's like telling the African American story, but you're white. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like how can you truly tell that story outside of just what you think the perception is? Th- that's why people like enjoyed a lot of John Singleton stuff because John Singleton wrote stuff from places he grew up. Everything was like, yo, I'm from Compton. That's why he wrote, you know, uh, not straight out of Compton. Ricky! Oh, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, thank you. Brain fart. That's why he wrote Boys in the Hood. That mm-hmm. He wrote Snowfall. He uh, was an associate director on Friday. All these movies you see in Compton, John Singleton grew up in Compton. Like it, and that allows you to see the appreciation for the work or even just a better way of telling the story because it's it's genuine but 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 that's why i enjoy the fact that ryan coogler is the director for these black panther films because he is black he we're able to see the african-american influence and a lot of stuff i don't want to see Zack snyder write black panther and Zack snyder is a good director i do not care do not tell me about the african-american plight like i can be a great writer i can be a good storyteller but if i'm going to go try and tell the russian story and how they go through what they go through or the German story, guess what? It's not going to be authentic. It's not going to be real because I do not have in any way a connection to the struggles, the life, or the path that they've gone through. And, and I, that's where I completely agree with you. Um, I, I, who am I to tell people who to pay to write stuff? Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's very, very prevalent in my mind. The older you get, and like you said, the easier it is to access this information, the more I'm going to question your decision making. For sure. Um, because, like I said, I I could watch a show, and my first thought is, yo, it, it feels like white people wrote this. Like, imagine if Ryan Coogler was the one that tried to direct Crazy Rich Asians. I'd be disappointed in Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, what are you doing? Like, stop, tell, stop telling Aquafina trying to talk black. Why Aquafina? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just best to stay in your own lane. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, for future references, we're also in a very tough time for African American television. 
And what I mean by that is um, not only the writer's strike that's going on, mm-hmm. but Snowfall ended after six seasons. Atlanta ended after four seasons. Uh, there, what other like primarily black? There's no more blackish. Like, yeah. What primarily black shows are on television that are like gonna be syndicated, like timeless? There's not many. Abbott Elementary, which thankfully is written by Quinta Brunson, yes, is a great show. But now there's a writers' strike, so and of course, out of respect to the writers, there's going to be that yeah that lapse on that. We're going to have to wait. Yeah, but is that the only primarily black show that we have on television? Uh, at the moment, that's the only, like you said, syndicated one that comes to mind. One that can be even seen in white households. Yeah, and and, and, that, and that's that's I guess scary because it's a tough time where we've gone through. Having so many shows with Snowfall, I don't want to hype up Snowfall, but at the same time, the change in times has an effect on a lot of these shows. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a coworker yesterday, and he's like, yeah, I'm watching Game of Thrones with my girlfriend right now. She's never seen it. And I'm like, Game of Thrones was good because of you know the social media impact. You could literally talk to you know people, and they're like, Yo, Game of Thrones is yeah. this like on Twitter. Lost, same type of realm where it's like yeah. you had to sit down. You could not miss it. This I think if stuff like Snowfall was in that realm, it's like, yo, you can't miss this, bro. We oh, gotta talk sure. about this. And that's what I enjoyed about the finale of Snowfall is it became not a conspiracy theory type thing, but a discussion about the realities of things. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's it's just it's weird because, like I said, that ended. Atlanta, which he said he wanted to make it like Twin Peaks. I never saw Twin Peaks. I heard that it's like a very like trippy show, and that's exactly what Atlanta en- ended up being yes, like. Anyway, very trippy show. But it ended the way I had to end. Why? Yeah. It ended on an offbeat tone, which made you think about everything. That's exactly the tone of Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta was kind of like Black Twilight Zone in its own way. Yes, it was. Speaking of that, Black Mirror is coming back this next season. Yes, that should be. And I saw Aaron Paul is going to be on it. And I and Salma Hayek. And Salma Hayek. And um, Zazie Beats. Yes. Yes, so I'm very interested to see this new season of Black Mirror. Um, going back to black writing, though, it it is a little worrisome to see that we don't have those those shows, Snowfall, and we're going to have the hiatus from from out at elementary because now it makes me worry that there's going to potentially go back to the black trauma as the only yeah, source of that. writing for black shows and predominantly black casts. And that, and that's the, that's the thing black. There's so much black trauma to go to. It's, and it's, black it's trauma annoying. And slave movies. We, we really just it's, don't. It's annoying. It there's so much trauma in life already. I remember Quinta Brunson, Somebody on Twitter literally asked her, like, why don't you do something about a school shooting on Abbott Elementary? And she's like, why would I want to introduce trauma to a school? Not only a school, an elementary school. Y'all see enough of this school shooting on a day-to-day basis. I don't need to be the PSA for school shooting. Your PSA for school shooting should be the school shootings. Exactly. The, The show is supposed to be a nice, wholesome funny escape from reality and just kind of give a scope of what it's like in schools. That doesn't mean that we need to go 
and tell what's going on in America and what's going on with the whole school shooting situation because that's just that's not on brand. It wouldn't really make any sense. That's a big fact, and that's oh, a fly. But that's that's why we have to be really careful about the type of media that we ingest at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything is not everything is media. Everything is just visible. Not everything's news. Some stuff is just fluff. Ooh, just you rapping. Fluff. You rapping. Some stuff is fluff. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be a mixtape cover. Stuff is fluff. Stuff is fluff. That sounds like an alternative <laughs> album. <laughs> stuff is fluff. Stuff is fluff, including Jamiroquai. Nah, man. But it. we really got to watch what we watch. What we watch. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful of what you allow to be ingested because it's going to potentially become your viewpoint on the world. And that's why I don't really watch a lot of, you know, these newer shows that they keep um, coming out with. I need to always like have my mindset on, okay, what is this going to bring to me at the end of the day? Um, I hope they come out with more limited series. I'm I'm a fan of limited series. Yes, very much a fan of limited series because it one, it allows you a temporary access to this crazy scenario or world. And then it keeps you guessing, like, how are they about to wrap this up? How does this come into play? Yeah. What's going? Like, and so those seven episode type limit, limited series yes. joints, them joints is crazy because it's mm-hmm. like you, you got to tell an entire story in a limited amount of time. Yep. It gets kind of like out of this world. So I think the last limited se- Well, I'm watching that series, Love and Death. Um, on HBO Max with, with Elizabeth Olsen. Okay. And it's based on a true story about a woman and who had, you know, an affair at her church. Something crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Something crazy. <laughs> Hold on one sec. Santana. Ain't nobody here for you, Otis. <laughs> yeah. This this is why you don't get a dog. Ain't nobody here for you, Otis. But I don't know. I need to I hate. Do you, are you watching uh, Tyreek, the Tyreek book? Yes, Power Ghost. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, I can't stand the stuff I see about it. I can't. I'm never I gonna mean, watch apparently it. Apparently, the internet dropped the the ninth and tenth episode that hasn't even dropped yet. I've been doing my best to stay away from spoiling it. I try to stay away from stuff that Fifty Cent puts out anymore. Nah, man. Sometimes you. You have to understand there is just going to be poor quality stuff. You but he's guess. not even the writer for these shows. He has white writers for these shows. 50 Cent was just the idea behind them. I mean, you know he's the brand, so that's why people are probably watching. Other than being attached to the show for I can't, however many years. Man, I, I, I finished Power, and I was disappointed at the end of it. And now I tried. I think I watched the first season of Tyreek. That's all I'm going to call the show is Tariq. Like, Tyreek, not Tariq. Tariq's yeah, a nigga for all the New York watching. locals, it's Tyreek for some reason. And I watched three episodes of uh, Tommy. I get where you're on that because I, I did, we did stop watching that. It's trash. You can, you got to finish it. It's trash. You got to, you, I get that it's trash, but sometimes you got to take the trash out. You got to, you got to change the bag. Yeah. Bring it to the can. And, and I think I watched I watched a season of Canaan. 
I also hate the name Raising Canaan because it's definitely a ripoff of Raising Cane. Oh, it was so lazy. Very much so. Raising Canaan. Oh my gosh, you are you're changing the world with that one. Now with that one, you you kind of have to see it through. Because it's that. like, how did this man? I'm I'm not gonna watch something with become, bootleg Erica Alexander. Nah, dog. You understand? You have to figure out how this man got to the point of becoming the person that kills his own son in cold blood. Too. I'm not gonna watch something with Bootleg like Erica Alexander. I'm gonna not gonna watch nothing with the. Oh, I don't want to ruin Snowfall for you. But there's a dude from Snowfall on that show. Can't watch anything with him. I'm not gonna watch anything with Joey Badass because the reason he's on this show is because he left Wu Tang. Uh, did you at least see his uh, his his short on? I think it was Netflix. Oh, uh, Two Distant Strangers. Yes. Trauma. Traumatizing. Yeah, traumatizing for sure. All right, let's pivot. 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 Oh, my gosh. I've watched Friends. I'm sad to admit that. Uh, I gave it like two episodes. I was like, this ain't for me. It's not for us. It's not for us by us. But at least Friends is a white show written by white people. Um, yeah. I want to talk NBA playoffs right quick. So, first of all, the Miami Heat. Are the best team ever, okay? We are going all the way. Now I'm just flying. Uh, I'm, as a Heat fan, I am pleasantly surprised about what we have done making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, against all odds. Against no all Collins. odds, man. Jimmy Butler is the best playoff player I've ever seen play basketball, playoff man. Playoff Jimmy. He, he's different. Um, the Lakers have made it to the Conference Finals as well. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm shocked. I think their in-season trades were really like, D'Angelo Russell helped. Uh, For sure. Jared Vanderbilt helped. Austin Reeves has been. Don't tell up. me anything about Austin Reeves, please. I'm tired of Austin Reeves. He's an industry plant. Okay. Austin Reeves, aka Tom Holland, aka Spider Man. It gave him, you know, like he's signed to like an Asian shoe company. Really. Yeah, and they're coming out with this own custom shoe called the AR-15. That's not okay. It's not okay. What's Although that is a hard dig day. Want to know what's crazier? Just this generation's AK-47. Want to know what's crazier? The shoe has like a big like target on the side of it. Like one of those aim joints. That's not okay. That is not okay. I take back all the jokes. They should not release that shoe. It's very, very bad. But it is what it is. Um... They're going to have to call the, him the active shooter. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> um, the Nuggets, they made it to the conference finals. Well, I've actually, like, watched some of these Nuggets games. It's good to see a healthy Nuggets team. Um, Jamal Murray is different. Yes. But Nikola so. Jokic gets on my last possible nerve. It does not look like he should be as good as he is. Yeah, he he jumps off the wrong foot ninety percent of the time. He shoots the ball over his head. He walks up the court, but the moment that basketball gets in his hands, he is a magician. Yep, he is crazy. I saw him score fifty something points on uh, DeAndre Ayton, which I'll get to in about two point two seconds. But he was cooking this man. Yeah. And then we have Game Seven. This is recorded before Game Seven of the uh, Sixers Celtics game. As a Heat fan. I want to play the Sixers. I think we can beat the Sixers handily. Not the Celtics, though. No. As a fan of basketball, 
I want revenge from last year. I want to beat the Celtics from last year. We sense. are essentially the same team from last year. All that we're missing is Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo being injured. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are essentially the same team from last year. Yeah. So I kind of want rematch. Just want to run it back. I get yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. We mean, I mean, we potentially have the possibility of the I don't want it bubble rematch, and we'll beat them. I have no. I am at what did John Moran say? I'm good in the West. <laughs> I'm good in the West. I'm not scared of either of those teams. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. Yeah. It's a parade in Cancun too. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Cancun, DeAndre. And I, I, I'm just going to say this on the airwaves. It's probably been said a hundred times. This man sucks. Okay, you are number one overall pick for a reason. There's no reason why Jock Landale is coming out of – we traded him to China, and mm-hmm. he came back. He's over here locking down Jokic. DeAndre Aiden getting cooked up and comes the game-clinching game. All oh, my ribs hurt. I can't play. You know what? Nah, like he clearly didn't go to the Kobe summer school. He didn't. Like you gotta, you gotta tell summer me. Summer camp, summer school sounds bad. You gotta tell me what his problem is, because he. First of all, I also blame the Suns. The Suns signed him to an offer sheet of X amount of money when they could have traded him for Miles Turner and decided not to. Miles mm-hmm. Turner was probably the best interior defender in the NBA. Like he. He, he's just not good. He's yeah, he's not he's not worth it. He's not worth all. Clip of him just chilling under the basket while and there. Well, no, his response. What would you expect me to do? That was his resp- so far, I've heard two of the worst basketball quotes I've ever seen. Which on two K could you release from a team? What am I supposed to do? And then Julius Randle, the best quote of the year. When I knew we were going to win the series, maybe they wanted more than us. Yes. Yes, we do. Santana. Yes, yes, we do. So I I was, that's when I was like defeated. Yep. By the way, Jalen Brunson is really him. Oh my gosh. Jalen Brunson is that guy. I'm watching him and I'm like, yo, why? He, He gets to his spot. He is Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry, like 20 Kyle Lowry's ago. Uh, undersized fat guard from Villanova that somehow gets to his spot and makes his baskets. Kyle Lowry, Jalen Brunson. Same, same, but different. Yes. So, I don't know. I, I hope the Miami Heat, like, for me, this is a win. We got back to the conference finals. Yep. This is a win. I, I am a firm believer in no moral victories, but honestly, the moment I found out we were just going to be locked into the 18th pick, I was like, hey, do your best, bro. Yeah. And so far, we have. By definition, we are a top four team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. By definition. Stop us. So, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, um, all good things happen. Right now, I just don't want – I don't want Philly to win a championship, and I don't want Denver to win a championship. I'm perfectly fine with the Lakers or the Heat. Yeah, I think that's kind of most of America's stance right now. Like I said, every, I think a lot of people want to see that bubble rematch. To see if it was a fluke or not. Well, people keep saying, like, hey, you know, the two teams in the bubble. So it proves it's not a fluke. The Miami Heat have been in three of the past four conference yeah, championship games. There. There's no fluke. The one time we didn't make a conference championship 
was the shortest offseason in history, and we had to play the eventual champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Don't put us in the same realm as this Laker team. Please don't. Because guess what? This Laker team just wasn't good. That's just how it is. They had times there was injuries. People just aren't good. It happens. Don't ever put us in the same room as the Lakers saying, hey, well, maybe the bubble wasn't a fluke. We've been proved to you the bubble wasn't a fluke. Y'all the ones that believe the bubble was a fluke. NBA players say the bubble was the best basketball ever played. Because it was pure basketball for the however long amount of time that they were there. No distractions. No extracurriculars. No James Harden going out to the local club. It was pure basketball. Hey, hey. I'm going to say this again. I posted it on Facebook a year ago, and I reshared it because it came up in my memories. James Harden is a loser. There's no way that he does anything to affect this game tomorrow in a positive light. I'm putting that on on wax. It's either going to be a loss because of him or they win in spite of him. All right, what do you say he drops? 12. Well, you heard it here first. James Harden will drop 12 points from the loss to the Boston Celtics in Game 7. So we've been doing this thing, man. It's on-demand push-up bets Mm -hmm. where I make a bet for how many push-ups and whenever, wherever. If I say push-up, you owe me a push-up. I will bet five on-demand push-ups for life that James Harden does not score. If the over-under is 15, I'm taking the under. So it's kind of like a slap bet with push-ups. Yep. Okay. I'll take I'll take that. The over over under is 15. All right. I'm taking over. All right, bet because I doubt that that happens in any way, shape or form. Santana, get down. My dog is just like the biggest attention seeker. I don't know where he gets that from. I don't need attention like that. <laughs> yeah. Good mm-hmm. job. Good job, buddy. Uh well, before you know, we we sign off on this podcast in a few minutes. I do want to have, like, a quick discussion. And that discussion is on life. Yes, I oh. sound like Tony Robbins. Okay. But, um, you know, we're we in the year 2023, so we're technically three and a half years post the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think life has changed? Where do you see life going next for you personally because like I feel like the pandemic has uh, really you know how they say nurture versus nature in life mm-hmm. pandemic was kind of both yeah because it put us in a position to where life has to we had to adjust to life but we didn't have a choice yeah, this was we were, it was thrust upon us that we had to make a change and it was what it was this was our habitat but yeah, life is life's gonna be interesting. Like we spoke earlier about, you know, artificial intelligence. Um, we're seeing the trend towards. I don't want to say <laughs> the invention of the wheel is a good analogy for it. Um, and Jeff brought this up to me. It's like you know, people didn't know what the wheel was, and then. So as more time goes on, you can start to see the power of the wheel. That's where artificial intelligence is, where it's like we don't know the you know extensive use of it, but once you see the power of it, it's going to be crazy. And I think it's going to change a lot of stuff in life, where um, 
you know, we might not have to do work. I I think a lot of people are going to be out of jobs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we're going to see, I don't want to say an uproar, but such a backlash yeah. that, like, how are you preparing for, like, you know, the future? Because now, I don't want to say we have a forecast of the future, but this is the first time in a while you could so- kind of see more trends. We didn't see COVID coming. No, dog. Look, the other day I was going to a gas station. I went to go grab something and they were just like, oh, yeah, just go right there. And I was like, "What? what is it? It was like this. You just put your stuff down. There was no scanner. There was no. It's a little weight joint. Yeah, you just put the weight down, and it just knew what you had, and then it charged me. I was like, "Oh, this is crazy," but at the same time, what are you even doing here? Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah, because that happened to me at the airport, where it's just like you know, I um, hold on, Santana. Yes, bro. But like, I was just like sitting here. And- All right, sorry, had to. Open the door and stuff. Uh, you were saying something about the weight, the weight um scanner at the gas station. So yeah, so you got this weight scanner here, and it's not like you have to scan. You don't have to turn the barcode to be present. You literally just plop whatever you got from there, and it just knows what you have based on weight, and I'm sure some other scanning yeah. system. Nigga, and you, you people about to be out go. of jobs. There's. There's so little reason for human interaction or inclusion in the job place now. It's like, what is even, what are we going to be able to do? And like, this is a small job, but what if they find a way to do that with other things like AI? Well, well, the thing is like, all right, I guess this makes me old, but when I go inside like food establishments, I feel like I have to go up to the person and be like, yo, this is what I'm going to order. Yeah. Sometimes I forget there's even a kiosk there. Like, I'd be going to McDonald's, and they're like, hey, they, they direct you to the kiosk. Yeah. Like, hey, you know you can order over there? I'm like... So, hey, man, you just directed me to your future. Okay, that's like, that's crazy, bro. Hey, you talking yourself out of a job. You keep doing that. Hey, I love it. I love Because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't think there's going to be an uproar, but there's definitely going to be some, like... Like, what if... They say Social Security is so bad in the future that, you know, this generation is going to be messed up. But this generation is going to accept the jobs that are given. And I'm not saying, like, you know, be being underqualified or overqualified isn't a thing. But I do think that if you can't find a job, don't say, well, I'm not going to accept this job. It doesn't pay my worth. At a certain point. Your worth goes down. Your, your, yes. The price of the brick go down. You got to take what is available. Um it, it's like a lot of these kids who are coming out of school and going to college. Their first thing is, I don't want to work in McDonald's or Taco Bell. I'm sorry, but your work experience says you work at McDonald's, Taco Bell. Yeah. I shouldn't see all of these help wanted signs because kids just don't want to work. Hey, I'd rather go to school and just be scholarly. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, what I'm sorry, I like be broke. There's always an overcorrection with these types of things. Because when you go back all the way to the baby boomers, you had people literally risking their family and their marriages to do the job. And they put the job first. And then as time progressed, it's like, hey, I probably shouldn't do that. I should probably be more responsible. And so I'm going to take less. I'm going to take less responsibility at work and prioritize my family and my better self. And then it gets to mental health. Now I'm going to prioritize my mental health and I'm going to make sure that I take days off so I can work. And there was a point, there was a midpoint where it was, it made sense and it was leveled. But then as the time passed, 
the degradation happened and there was an overcorrection to the point where it's like, well, I'm not going to take a job that's salaried and do this for however much money and come into work because I don't see that as something oh, I man, want that, to that's, do. That salary be hitting at times. Oh, yeah, salary. Salary be great, man. By the way, if you hear rappers, it's, you know, Corey Pinkney from the Tech in Motion podcast. All right, first off, they're not going to hear it. <laughs> 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 That's your ASMR for the day <laughs> Yo Like I've always wanted to listen to some of those ASMR podcasts but I also feel Like it'll be so weird like Me sitting at my desk and people gonna be like What's he listening to I'm mm-hmm. like somebody playing With Play-Doh oh I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm listening to this person tap their nails On the microphone and, and I and I Get that it's soothing to people like It's completely understandable it's the people But it, it's just not it's just <laughs> Yes, it do. <laughs> it does. I mean, that and Janelle Monet gets me going. But um, yeah, back to the topic. Nah, I I completely agree with you. But it it makes me think of another show that you need to put on your list, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. where they they were valued at a certain number, and uh, I don't want to say like. Their assistant, but she told him, "Hey, you got to take less because we don't think you could reach these certain standards, but you will in time." That's what the job market is. Yeah. Just because you're working at Taco Bell when you're 18 doesn't mean we don't expect you to do anything more with your life. We expect you to start at a certain place and have exponential growth as life goes on. That's the thing about entry level. That's to get in the door, and it's up to you whether or not you can succeed past that now granted there are very much cases in which there's favoritism there's relationships that were had and the older you you get you see the older you get the more you see nepotism and favoritism oh very much so especially when you get into the corporate world because it's like i'm not gonna let somebody i know fail and sometimes it's a good thing because you know you could have like hey you know i have a friend who knows this that the third Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna put them on that's how it should be because you know how they always say it's about who you know, not what you know. But it also comes down to are they qualified to do that? And are you just doing that because you know them? And that's, One you of know. the new people that just joined my job recently, he was telling me about his past life, I guess you could say. He's his past age. life. He's, he's worn mean, a lot of hats. I'll say, you make it but seem- he was like a GM at like Hardee's, I guess. And so he was there. He was making about, I'm not going to put his business out there. So like, let's say he was making 50000 or so. This is, numbers have been changed, asterisks. Yeah. And... He was doing that. He was there. He's been there for a while. He worked his way up. He was a fry cook. He worked his way up to GM, so he was making this much. But then, you know, Larry came in, and he says, hey, I know Paul. Hey, Paul, let me get a job. So Paul moved from up north all the way down here to get that same position at another at another area for that company. And he's like, all right, well, you're going to, if he's getting that, you're going to get at least 10000 plus more, even though he had no experience in that line of work. And you know why? Because Paul knows Larry and because those connections, regardless of his qualifications, his aptitude, or even his work ethic, get overshadowed by the connections. And and like I said, that's that's where that's where it's a catch twenty two, I guess. But it happens all all around. I mean, you could look at the highest paying jobs. You look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. Chris Smith. Do you know who Chris Smith is? I believe so. Who's Chris Smith? I'm drawing blanks. J.R. Smith's younger brother. 
no. That's not who I thought it was. J.R. Smith was a Nick. Chris Smith graduates Louisville, goes undrafted. Guess who picks him up? The Knicks. The Knicks. Boy, there's clear nepotism in clear the sports nepotism. world. Thanasis Antetokounmpo. How many minutes a season do you think this man plays? He probably plays as many as I do. But he's Giannis's brother. Of and course, yeah. I've read reports on GMs like, yo, if Giannis wasn't in the league, neither would Thanasis. As simple as that. Their younger brother, Alex, plays in Greece. And he's better than Thanasis. But because of the relationship, it, it is who it is. Um, it it's it is pure nepotism to a certain point, but mm-hmm. you know it it's who you know. It's how you're gonna live your life at a certain point. I tell people all the time. Uh, I, I think I told you earlier. Somebody asked me like, "Hey, you know, I want to get into tech. How, what's my first steps? I want to learn tech." And I was like, "Well, first things first. You know, you gotta." I'm. We've said on the podcast before, YouTube University is a great teacher. Yes. You're able to learn a lot on YouTube, but also go on LinkedIn. Associate yourself with people in the world that you want to be in. Yes. Because then when something across, comes across their desk or somebody they know this, hey, I know so-and-so, they want to be an entry level in the tech space. Okay, that's going to be able to slide right in. And I told them, like, hey, you know, learn JavaScript, SQL, and... Uh, it wasn't C sharp, but um, Cheryl C and Python. Those are four tech languages right there. I know some of these words. <laughs> yeah, but if you learn those four tech languages at a basic level, you could get an entry level spot because a lot of the tech stuff that you see, it isn't like, hey, we need you to be able to code Cheryl C and JavaScript because we're building a website. And if you can't code to an expert level, no, nah, there's some positions where it's like, Yo, do you know how to like do formulas in Excel? Bet this entry level tech job. Yep. It's as simple as that. And it comes down to there's a demand for that position to be filled, and some people just not going to take the time to learn that that skill or task. And if you can, there's money to be had. Yeah. So, I I think it's because you know I drive around. I I look at help wanted signs because it's always interesting to see where the signs are hanging. Because mm-hmm. it's like yo, we're looking for more people at this Taco Bell, and this Taco Bell's acro- across the street from a high school. I'm like, y'all shouldn't be looking for more people. Yeah. I'll be completely honest; those people skip seventh period. Mm-hmm. They they should be there. Um, I went to I had pokey for the first time ever. You had a poke bowl. It was elite. Yeah. Some salmon, little right. But they're like, "Yo, help want it." I'm like, "Why?" And this, this is an obvious Asian-owned spot. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything good about like you know Asian-owned spots, it's always in the family. Yeah, it's always like, "Yo, like we're able to keep this in family." It's something up. Like you have nobody else to you know help you out with this situation. Mm-hmm. So it just makes me think a lot about you know. About life, about how, you know, us, we, we about to turn 29, 30. Mm-hmm. We're in careers. Yeah. What's past the career? Passive income. More money, more problems. Yeah. Got to sell some of those those Philly dogs. Philly dogs. <laughs> sell some of those Philly dogs. Coming soon to a bodega near you. Yeah, bodega, Shonega, Noriega. Heat and six, but um, <laughs> first of all, 
once again, shout out to shout out to our sponsor, Prime Deluxe. You know, Seth can't be here because Seth is doing grown people business. Don't want to sell his business. His business. His business. By the way, much like Jamie Foxx's. Jamie Foxx, Andrew Wiggins's. Well, now Andrew Wiggins in Cancun, so his business is his business again. <laughs> all right. First of all, I didn't do a, like a have a day, but I, let's do a have a don't. Clay Thompson. He scored 10 points. No, 8 points, 10 points, 9 points in the last three games of a series that he's been waiting 12 years of his life for. And he's a splash brother? Steph Curry scored 32 last night. Want to know how many other people score double figures on the Warriors? Let's make a guess. Who was the one person on the Warriors who scored double figures last night? Nope. Kaminga? Nope. Kaminga doesn't see the floor. He should be our power forward. But Dante DiVincenzo scored 14 points. That's hilarious. Stephen Curry had 32. Andrew Wiggins had eight. Klay Thompson had eight. Draymond Green had three. Kayvon Looney had four. Jordan Poole has seven. I'm sorry, but Steph, get out. This is your chance. No, no, it's not early. It's not. He's, He's 33 enough. years He's old. Built. He's 33 He's years his... old. He has four rings. If there's any chance for you to just be like, yo, I don't want to be here no more. I'm sorry, but you have every right to say, I don't want to be here no more. Stephon Curry, there's nowhere better for you to be than Chicago right now. First of all, there's you everywhere better to be than dynasty. Chicago. <laughs> Anywhere every... you can go, what's already established. The, the only You're per- just another person. You the, don't want to be Durant hey, on the Warriors. The you only person. Be the man. The only person that y'all will be able to trade is never going to play basketball again. Lonzo Ball will never see a basketball court in his career. Hey, man, there are used car salesmen putting them joints out there and somebody's taking them so that once they get two, three blocks past a lot, it is their problem. We can do that with Lonzo Ball. No, you Ball. can We have an organization. We La- can make that happen. Lonzo doesn't have, like, any lower extremities. And that will be the Pause. next guy's... Pause. Pause, yes. That will be the next guy's problem. <laughs> B- bigger pause. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsor, Prime Deluxe. You know, always with the comfortability. I'm wearing some Prime Deluxe right now. Pre- the Prime team. The Supreme team. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't... Giles should definitely do that as like a magazine type thing. It's called the Prime team. Prime team, and yeah. Just have, oh, man. No, yeah, Prime Deluxe. That quality right there. Prime Deluxe, while we selling the Philly dogs. Prime Deluxe dogs? Uh, hey, hey, oh, hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo, buddy. You, you out here wilding. I'm not media trained, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are, you are a high schooler going to the NBA right now. What, uh, Gotta hit you with Joe Kicks. What, what do you think uh, happens uh, with the game today? Uh, well, you know what I mean? Like... We played, you know what I mean? And, um, you know what I mean? Yo, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Get the 18-year-old off the stage. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, shout out Prime Deluxe. Shout out, once again, Second Motion Podcast. You know, a lot of big things going on over there. Cor- Corey's over there being Parks. You- <laughs> and I'm the scab that's crossing the picket line to take his job. Hey, yo. <laughs> take his job. I'm about to <laughs> sister, sister episode about Ex- Exactly. <laughs> I learned that term. Yeah. Oh, really? I learned it from Futurama. Really? <laughs> yes. 
Um, Jack, you got any last words before the end of this podcast? Uh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here, being in front of the pod. I love seeing seeing Mike do his thing and be in his element. Of course, when it comes to tech, try to get yourself educated now while it's still something that you can be on the top of and not find yourself scrounging for a position. Uh, make good decisions in life. And shout out to my better half, the love of my life, Essence. I love you out there. Aww. This All man, there. look at him. Terrence is Achilles and he's just like every everything's for her. Mm-hmm. What what is this? The Renaissance tour? I tore my Achilles, but she was my crutch. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, ew, what a part. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's with the car. Let's end it there. Also, shout out Anthony Davis. This is your chance. If <laughs> no. If if you win if you win if you win this series, if you win this series, Anthony Davis, man, yo, because all right, before we this this is the last thing I have to say. Oh, there's always post pod. This is post pod, right? Of course. Anthony Davis has done everything right and wrong in his career, but this is a chance. You are playing probably the best player in the world, and Nikola Jokic. He has not had to guard anybody throughout this playoffs. Rudy Gobert, not an offensive factor. We just talked about DeAndre Ayton earlier. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Him, Dylan Brooks, and Jordan Poole in that Chinese All-Star game is going to be crazy. Yo. But wow. um, They about to be selling. They about to be crazy. Marbury's out there. Speaking of that, Dwight Howard's about to be the next step on Marbury, and I'm really happy for him. Yes. Dwight Howard. Good for Dwight Howard. If anything he could do, he has a personality to sell whatever. For sure. Uh, um, but Anthony Davis, now you have Jokic guarding you. Mm-hmm. You've been told that you can't. You you didn't make an all defensive team. This is your chance to show that you can guard somebody. This is your chance to show that you can score. Because Jokic, we all know Jokic can't guard anybody. But it's easier when he doesn't have to guard somebody. If you can guard an MVP, man. I think that it says a lot about your talent. That's Anthony Anthony Davis, do not let LeBron Raymond James. Yes, that is LeBron's middle name, Raymond. Straight up? Yeah, LeBron Raymond James. I learned that from watching an episode of Dave. Don't let LeBron Raymond James, at 38 years old, be the best player on this team. Don't. I agree. All right, end of the podcast. My dog is attacking Corey because Corey doesn't want to join, and he understands the traitorism that, that Rory and Maul which is just Corey. <laughs> Did over there. All right. Shout out. End of episode 61. Peace. Six, six, six. Okay, all right.